you think you cannot fly I know your skies are dark You think the sun won't shine well, good evening. It is that time, Sunday evening. Uh, and today is quite a special day, the first day of December 2019. And I can almost smell Christmas in the air. It's so crispy. And uh, I'm sure you're also getting your family and uh, your friends ready for us to have a wonderful time the end of the year. Let me say a very big thank you to Reverend Meffel and the Rohi Church. Your dial is on 97.3 City FM, the program Bible Answer Man with Reverend Fred McDavis. Well, this evening we're going to have a very, very interesting discussion. And uh, we're going to literally talk about the father factor who a father is, what he's supposed to do, what role he's supposed to play in the lives of his children, and uh, what position he occupies in the family structure. We'll try and go into a lot of details and then give you also an opportunity to participate. You know that our program is very, very interactive. Uh, you can reach us via two avenues. First, our WhatsApp line, which is 54 9986996 and also in a jiffy will be facebook live and our uh, handle is, is www.facebook.com forward slash city 973 let me mention the facebook address again www.facebook.com forward slash city 973 and city is spelled c-i-t-i well, Reverend Fred McDavis is my name. Your dial is on 97.3 City FM. The program is Bible Answer Man. I'll be back shortly. And when I do, I'll introduce my studio guest and we will go into the discussion. Just as I said, we're looking at the father factor. Keep your dials locked up here. I'll be back shortly. Above him there's no Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Mm, let me tell you. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Sing it, Sandra. If you have some questions in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement. Well, you may have some questions in the corners of your mind and some reflections of your old past, and they may seem to weigh you down. But Jesus is always the answer. I know some of us keep asking if he's the answer, where's the question? Well, I'll try and ask some questions and hope that they will resonate with you and bring you the answers you're looking for. Well, this evening I'm excited to have uh, someone whose name I have heard over a long time. Uh, a few things I know about him is just like myself. He's also a February born and uh, he will correct me if that is not true. Uh, he happens to 
be a gifted psalmist, songwriter, and author. He's the senior pastor of New Breed Church, second presiding bishop of Love Ministries Fellowship of Churches, headquarters in Maryland, and the CEO of Frama Publishing uh, Adanta GA, that is Georgia, I hope. And uh, he is, uh, for more than three decades, uh, he's planted and supported other churches planted in Africa, UK, and the United States of America. He has also served as a minister of music in with Judah Praise International, the International Center of Gospel, Ch- uh, Gospel Church, and several others. Over the years, he has held and continues to hold music workshops and leadership seminars where he counsels music ministers and develops leaders. He's married to Lady Vicky, and their union has blessed, uh, is blessed with two beautiful daughters, Adrell and Cheryl. I'm talking about one of the sons of Grandma Mama Kwapong, Bishop Joe Kwapong. Papa, good evening and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to see you. I've heard so much about you, but this evening, I guess it will go down mine annals as one day I will never forget. Um, This evening, we've had the pleasure of talking to you, but before we go into uh, the nitty-gritty of our conversation, you're welcome back to Ghana, and how has the nation treated you so far? Well, it's good to be back after, you know, such a long time. That's quite a yeah. very, very long time because yeah. you were telling me that's over 50 years. Well, no, I wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> I, <I'm not. laughs> First, you were away for 30 years and then you were away for another 20 something years. Well, it's, it, 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 okay, now, Pastor Fred, you, you got jokes now, brother. See, let me set the record straight. <laughs> Let me set the breakfast theory. I'm mm. not that old, but you no, know. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, no, that's the way I'm going. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but but I left Ghana about 31 years ago. Okay. And then I came back for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I left after 24 years. This is my first time in 24 years <laughs> since I left. So it's concurrent, you know. <laughs> so it's not like I've been gone for 50. I've only been gone for 24 Considering okay. I came the last time. Okay, I, yes, I just take it like that. Yes, but yes, you're sir. welcome. This Thank evening, you. Uh, you have a wonderful book here, mm-hmm. uh, The Father Factor, right. The Keys the World Forgot About. Right. The Keys the World Forgot About. And it's quite a very handy um, document you have given to me here. And when I flip through mm-hmm. the chapters you have, uh, it appears as if every chapter is loaded now you begin chapter one with whose idea was it right can you elaborate on that okay maybe before i touch on that i quickly want to bring greeting from atlanta georgia you know where i've been living for the last 24 years Mm. my wife uh vicky uh who is like uh, my backbone Mm. she's been with me through the thick and thin you know she's who you call the americans call your ride or die (laughs) you know what i mean so 
And as you rightly said, you better I, have your T's crossed, you, your I's yeah, dotted. Believe that the commas must be in their right yes, place. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I have uh, two beautiful young ladies, 23 and 21, Adrielle wow. and Cheryl. You wow. know, uh, they are the best kids you can mm. ever have or ask mm. for. And I also have to mention my my nephew Eric and mm. my niece Rachel. Because, you know, they're part of me, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, they're currently here in in in, uh, in the nation. But, okay. yeah, we they grew up with me. We've all lived together along okay. with my brother, mm. you know, Bishop Eric. Kwapong, yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, you already know my mother. You talked about my mother. Yes. 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 <laughs> so it's good to be back. She's a blessing. Yes, indeed. And if I should let you know that I'm really part of your family, how did the funeral of grandma go? Oh, it was, I mean, you're talking about a funeral where they flew the <laughs> remains on a helicopter. Wow. How many people you know wow. are flown in? But, mm. you know, she was special. She, she was special. Was. She uh, she taught me my first scripture, wow. you know, which was intrigued. Mm, yeah, you yeah, know. I can imagine. Yes, yes. So she was special. I had to take, you know, advantage of that and, and to mm. come to be a part of the other service. Mm, 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 yes. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Now that we've gotten the pleasantries out of the way, right? whose idea was it? Okay. This whole thing about the father factor. Okay. Now, we, we know that uh, the father factor, you know, the father factor is such an important subject matter, you know, and with everything that we talk about we need to go to the original who originated it you know uh there is still fight about who makes better jollof rice between Ghanaians and nigerians <laughs> and my answer my simple answer is it's neither Ghanaian nor nigerian because okay. jollof rice is somewhere senegal or gambia yeah that's the truth yeah, that's so the when truth. you talk about the father father who's the who, whose idea was the whole thing about father and the idea is God's. Mm. He is God's. When Jesus taught us in, in, in Matthew 6 to pray, he said, when you pray, pray after this manner, mm. our Father, which is which art in heaven. So whose idea is fatherhood is God's idea. Mm. And anything that's God's idea is a great idea. Mm. You know, sometimes to really understand what the father factor is, you kind of have to pull back the father factor. Then you see Okay. what the importance is. So whose idea is just establishing the fact that uh, a father, the place of a father is mm. God's idea. The place of a father is God's idea. Flipping through the sheets, uh, you spoke about the provider, mm. the father as a priest, as a prophet. Right. Can you please elaborate on these as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the lack of a father, before I touch on that, is a global epidemic. Mm. I don't know about Ghana, but I know that in the United States of America, the absence of a father in a home or the influence of a father is so detrimental. Mm. It has caused so much effect. I mean, there are, I, I state so much facts, so much statistics on what the effects are when a father is not in place. Okay. So a father's influence cannot be overemphasized. Um, 
I believe you. We talked about. Remind me what where I am again. Yeah, I mean whose idea it is. But then, right. uh, while you're doing the writing, you you're, said that is a problem. Now let me let me say this. Okay. Uh, you began by saying, "I imagine a world where fathers are mere progenitors. Mm-hmm. They would have abandoned one of the demands nature places on them, which is using their physical strength mm-hmm. and instinct within." their masculinity to protect the family mm. from harm. Mm. Okay. And that is where you emphasize the protect. You right. Know? And in the second paragraph you say, or oh, think about a world where they failed to provide a delicate balance between love and discipline. Okay. One where they allowed their children to explore op- op- options yet failed to understand that mistakes and bad choices are a part of life. Okay. So the father provides something here mm. and he brings protection at a particular place in a certain scenario. That's Absolutely. what he is. Absolutely. Now let me quickly chip in this and then I'll touch on that. Mm. I, I'm grateful to my, my editor, mm. who is my brother-in-law. Okay. okay. He took time to go through this mm. thing. I mean, you know, countless nights, and that's uh, uh, Benjamin Bright Davis. So Whoa. I have to mention my brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. he did both my first book and the second book. Okay. So I, I, I thank God for his life. Mm. Now coming back to what you talked about, imagine a world where fathers are absent. Mm. Imagine a world where a father is not present. A father is a protector. Mm-hmm. He protects his family from harm. You know, in, in our society today, in, in an African society, um, anything goes wrong, your father says to you, call mommy ho, mm. go to your mom. Mm. You know, the mother is the, 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 I mean, the protector. The mother has always been the one mm. to take mm. the kids, you mm. know, uh, you mm. know, struggle to provide for the kids. But the father, the father, as we'll see, uh, you know, as we keep yes. uh, uh, discussing further. So the father is a provider. He mm-hmm. is also a protector of the family. Yeah. He's supposed to protect the family. The father is also a priest. Yes, that's the next thing you spoke about. Exactly. The father is a priest. Now, the father is also a prophet. What's the difference between a priest and a prophet? And a, prophet? a priest is somebody who takes from the people and presents to God. Mm, so mm. when you take the needs of the people and bring it to God, you're you're operating as a priest. You're doing your priestly role. So and fathers a, are supposed to be priests of the family. Absolutely, a priest who leads their family, their children to God. Mm. A prophet takes from God to the people. So you hear what that saith okay. God to the people. You hear what God is saying. You speak wisdom from God mm. to your family. And that's part of what a father does. A father's not just somebody who's cracking the whip. Mm. Somebody who tells you, hey, Kofi, why, you know, and I can kind of <laughs> intersperse it with tea, right? Go ahead. Yes. Please. You know, uh, when you talk about father, a lot of people have the, the, the picture they have about their father is somebody who's, you know, out to punish you, mm. out to do something, you know, terrible yes, to you. But a yeah. father is much more. Mm. Well, one of the things you mentioned here uh, when you were elaborating on the provision um, quality of a father mm. is that one who has the skill to bring balance between love and discipline. 
how how does a father within this time of ours the 21st century mm. carry out that responsibility this is this is this is such a beautiful point you know you mix the two you know mm. you're loving the child but you're also bringing discipline i think that it's a fine line and it requires scale it requires a lot a lot of practice it, it doesn't come easy mm. because how do you love your child and still punish your child now i can use my own father's yeah. example my father would was a type who he loved his kids the mm -hmm. bits mm. you know he would do just about anything for his children when you broke the law or when you did something wrong my father would correct you mm. he would either you know get a spanking you know get some type of punishment okay but anytime after that after he you know things were cooled off mm -hmm. my father would always call you and talk to you as if nothing happened. has happened okay. you know there are there are fathers who try to overcompensate for their children okay, okay. because they probably feel less than you know they're not doing their duty as a father mm -hmm. so they try to give you know too much to their kids okay and there are those who everything is you know everything is about punishment so we kind of have to depend on god we have to depend you know learn from others read books you know all of that so we can walk the fine line mm. bring discipline but also tamper it with love and mercy Thank you very much. That's about what we'll be, we'll be able to talk about in chapter one. The book is quite loaded. Dear, your dial is on 97.3 City FM. The program is Bible Answer Man with Reverend Fred McDavis. And this evening, we are blessed to have Bishop Joe Quapon in the house. And we are looking at this timeless book is written on fatherhood, the father factor. Your comments can keep coming in on WhatsApp line 054-998-6996. And let me say welcome to our viewers on Facebook Live. Our handle is www.facebook.com forward slash city 973. Now, chapter 2 actually begins to open up the big guns because really i'm sure we are spending a lot of time looking at the prodigal son yes. and the kind of relationship that ensued mm. between him and his father in chapter two you captioned it unrealistic demands mm. and uh, in verse 11 and 12 of chapter 15 of saint luke uh, it begins like this there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share mm -hmm. of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Right. Can you carry us through, please? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, as you read, the father has two sons mm. and the younger son. Now, if I feel when you write, you have to pay close attention to details. You have to have surgical eyes, if you mm. will. So the fact that the second child came to the father and made demands led me into doing a little research about second children, second okay. born. Okay. There's a whole world about, you know, second child. Some believe that, you know, second, uh, uh, second borns are cursed. 
Mm. Believe it or not, my research led me to that. Some believe that second borns act a certain way. Mm. Now, none of this is supported <clears throat> by the scriptures. Yeah. None of this is supported by the scripture. If you, I know some second borns who have done some great things. Yeah. So if you're a second born listening to me, you are not cursed. Amen. You are not, I mean, your birth is not a mistake. Amen. However, however, the research shows that when a first child comes along, you know, the parents are anticipating the birth of their first child, you know, so there's so much attention, there's so much giving to the first child. So by the time the second child rolls around, there is, uh, you know, we've had one before, you know, so exactly. So there's not much attention paid to the second child. And that can lead to the second child sometimes in a bid to get the attention they feel okay. they need or they desire they can do some crazy things mm. you know mm. so the second child uh is also uh this particular second child asking for his inheritance from his father mm. you know mm. obviously he's a millennial yeah Okay. Because a millennial okay. is yes. getting is is you know they're old enough to be on their own. So can before you go ahead, let's try and elaborate who are millennials in our time. I mean, we call a certain group of people millennials. Who are they? Right. Um, I I I, I kind of have to refresh my my memory a little bit, but I know that um, we have all been put in certain categories. Yes. Yes. You have the uh, the baby boomers, okay. You know, which is people born in 1964 okay. and older. Uh -huh. I'm not gonna call any names. <laughs> and then after the baby boomer generation, there is I want to say Gen X, mm -hmm. Generation X. Okay. Then there is uh, millennials, I believe. Then there okay. is Gen Z, okay. Generation Z. You know, so it is just a certain bracket, a certain okay. bracket of age group. Okay. You know. And and they found they find that they have certain traits, mm. certain traits that run through these classes of people. And this, in the case of uh, millennials today, they would be uh, people between the ages somewhere around thirty three, okay. and probably coming down at twenty three ish. Okay. You know, so that's who I'm placing this millennial okay. in. So this second born or second boy mm. or the second son. It's a millennial. He is a millennial. How do we know he's a millennial? The Bible does not say he is because a millennial is old enough to be on their own. Okay. You know, old and enough to be on their own. Absolutely. And this young guy says, give me what falls to me mm, because mm. I'm ready to go and explore. I'm ready to go out and live life for myself. Mm. You know, if you are 16, 15, 12, all that, you fit into Gen Z, okay. Generation Z. You're not quite a millennial. Okay. And the millennials, there's interesting study about millennials. Mm. I could talk about millennials all day long. Okay, okay, but but then let's look at some of the things you have stated here. I say first, the young son was the second born. This is actually uh, striking because there are startling research findings by experts concerning second born, which you have spoken right. about. And then you say secondly, it is customary for uh, beneficiaries of a trust or an estate to be entitled to their inheritances only upon having the full record of the descendants assets okay 
Can you elaborate yes. on this, please? Basically, the second child is asking for property <laughs> or uh, inheritance, I should say, which falls to him when his father is not is no more. And that's quite unrealistic. It is unrealistic. The father is still alive. The father is <laughs> still here. And you're trying to ask for, you know, stuff that you, is supposed to come to you when your father is no, no more. So in today's world, young adults, young millennials, you know, they can have some unrealistic demands. Mm. They can ask for some things, you know, and when you're a parent, it's up to you to have an understanding of that age bracket okay because if you don't handle it properly and you're overly uh, uh, mm -hmm. strict mm -hmm. or you're you're mm -hmm. disciplinarian mm -hmm. to the point where your kids no longer come to you you know so millennials is a very very interesting age bracket that we need to take time to study and understand mm -hmm. them and mm -hmm. also while we're on the subject of millennials millennials are not rebels they are not bad they are not you know they possess so much so much wealth so much uh uh, uh capital if you mm. will which as we you know get into the book we will also touch on touch some on. more okay now um so what does a father do do you just give in to some of these unrealistic demands mm of millennials <laughs> that's a very interesting subject and i'll be i'll be uh i'll be curious to know what some of the listeners you know think yes i'm because... sure they'll be coming through uh, some will be coming through so right. when they do we'll go back to that but let me also follow up with the fourth thing you mentioned here said being at least 18 years the younger son would be considered or a millennial an interesting fact now now you go ahead and say that who are millennials which you've spoken about now the other thing you talk about is spending power spending power okay who does this i mean who does this who, who, who spends now i highlighted some uh statistics in there mm. which if you could find that and read that that i'd appreciate that that's okay. in the early uh, pages okay spending power Okay, you have the, your millennial wealth. Yes. You know, and you say, like the younger son, mm -hmm. the youth of today possess much wealth. Wealth is defined as the value of all the property, possessions, and money that someone has. And you say that in the business world, wealth is a measure of financial resources. It is actually a measure of net worth. Mm -hmm. That is, it is a measure of how much a person has mm -hmm. in savings, investments, real estate, cash, less, any debts. Mm -hmm. Okay. There is some statistics on the other side that talks about how much millennials will spend, probably highlighted in yellow. Okay, yes, you still have it here. You say it's estimated they will be spending $200 billion annually by the year 2017 uh, and 10 million, uh, 10 trillion. trillion actually, over their lifetime as consumers in the U.S. alone. Yeah, I mean, these are serious statistics. That's huge. This is huge. This is huge. This is the kind of wealth that millennials possess. 
And you see, I relate that to the young man who left home. The Bible said his father gave him yeah. the portion that was to fall to him. Exactly. So he went out into the marketplace to spend that money. Okay. He went out to spend that money. So yeah. the correlation spending spending power. power. Mm. That's what I mean by spending power. Mm. You know, mm. I mean look at the figures, trillions. In every yes. church today, and I'll say this, I'll go out on a limp and say this. <laughs> any church, any business, any organization that does not pay attention to millennials mm. is getting ready to die. Okay. You are getting ready to die. Pay attention to millennials. Pay attention to these young cats because they possess wealth. They have influence. You understand me? Let's not castigate them as rebels, as little kids. And you know, in our society, we say, we are collaborating. You know, it's like, you know, you never grow up. But we need to take time to understand these young kids. Okay. That's what millennial spending power, power. because they are, the, they are the current uh, customers, if you will, mm, that can mm, turn things mm, around, both mm. secular and in the church. Thank you very much, Bishop Joe yes, Kwapong. Your dial is still on 97.3 minimum. The program is Bible Answer Man with Reverend Fred McDavis. Um, we are looking at the subject, The Father Factor, a very wonderful book Bishop Joe Kwapong has written. Uh, you can still come through with your questions via WhatsApp line 054 998-6996. Now in chapter 4, uh, you titled it Day of Reckoning Will Come. Day of Reckoning Will Come. Yes. Day of Reckoning Will Come. Very interesting. Yes. When the, when the young millennial took the money mm. and took the wealth and left home, what he had to remember was that there was going to come a time where he would have mm. to account mm. for what he had. I tell young people tonight before I came, I spent time with my nephew, Eric, you know, and yeah. we talked. We had, you know, Eric, right? Mm. Very, I mean, <laughs> very energetic, <laughs> you know, and he's working on something called, uh, um, um, it'll come to me. It'll come okay. to me. Okay. Um, oh, my goodness. Anyway, I had a senior moment just for yeah. a minute, but it's about gathering young people and, okay. you know, all of that. Uh, um, so the day of reckoning will come. Mm. I tell them, I say, you know what? You have capital. You have power. You have influence. But you know what? How you spend it is important because the day of reckoning will come. There will come a time when your feet will be held to the mm. fire. Mm. There will come a time when you have to account for what you have. Mm. So be careful how you spend that capital. And it's not just money. It's your wealth. It's your smartness. If you're wasting all your youth, you know, doing things that young people do to just, you know, destroy yourself, then the day of reckoning will come. Will come. Like uh, you quoted here in the verse 14 of Luke chapter 15, after he had spent everything, mm. there was a severe famine in that whole country mm. and he began to be in want. And the other thing you captioned here is money has wings. <laughs> money does have wings mm. 
money does have wings. And I'm sure that's one of the things fathers would have to uh, know how to teach absolutely. the millennials how absolutely. to handle money. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth, but mm. that's exactly what that whole thing is about. If you don't train your children to earn money, mm. okay? Now, I know that in the Western world, they have a whole ideology okay child labor and all of that but they still employ young people you go to places like mcdonald's you know burger king and all these fast food joints a child as young as 15 16 can get a job you can get a job a good paying job five dollars well seven dollars an hour okay. you know so how you spend that money is important and a father's job a father's duty is to train the child to understand when any money that comes into your hand, part of it is a seed, okay. part of it is your bread, mm. and part of it is your investment. By the time the money comes into your hand, you should know. You should and it know. it is the duty of a father. It is the duty of a father mm. to train the child and to let that child understand that you don't eat everything that comes in your hand. You mm. don't spend all that money. Mm. You know, mm. because money has wings. Because money has wings. Now, let's go on to chapter five. And this one seems to be catching my attention. Okay. Desperation sets in. You know, <laughs> I, look at, please go ahead. Right. <laughs> You know, after he went in there, the Bible talks about how he lived a, he lived a riotous, a riotous life. He okay. was wild, you know, wilding out, like they say, you know, partying and having a good time and spending the money and not really taking time to understand. Now, you can, you, 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 you the desperation set in when it says that he went to a far country and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. Mm. Mm. Anybody listening to Jesus tell this parable would understand that uh, a Jewish audience, which was who Jesus <laughs> was addressing, to, yeah. when you talk about a pig, it's mm. unclean. Mm. It is mm. a taboo for a Jewish person to mess with that kind of thing. It's like you have sunk low. You have, mm. you know, it is the lowest you can get. So with him joining himself to the uh, citizen, he learned the ways. Mm. I was in Canada um, probably about two, three months ago. And I was shocked to find out that the young people who are being incarcerated now, okay. who are being thrown in prison, prison yeah. are children of Ghanaian immigrants. Whoa. Children of Ghanaian. And so I said to myself, how did this happen? Because as far as I know, Ghanaian parents are very conservative. But you know what? Somebody is working over time. Somebody is not having time to train these kids. And so they are learning ways with other citizens of the country. Mm. And that's what happened to this young man. He joined himself to the citizen of another country and then messed up all his resource. Then he was desperate. Mm. And when you get to that place where you are desperate, Trust me, you will do just about just anything. anything. Just about anything. Mm. You will sell. You will. Mm. I mean, I know a thing or two about that. You know what I mean? So, desperation sets in, and just about anything. So, can it's happen. when desperation sets in that we go to the extent of doing almost anything. Mm -hmm. Because over here, he even went to the extent, like we know the story, of eating pig food. Mm. That's sinking low. That's going so low. When you look around you, you're like, you know what? Why am I, why have I dropped this low? 
Mm. Why am I? And, and it's a result of joining yourself to the citizen of that country. So you learn their ways. Yes. And so you do what they do. And it's a duty of a father to guide your kids to understand that there will come a time where you will leave my home. You won't always be in my house. When you go out there, how are you going to handle yourself? Mm. How are you going to you know, put to use all of these qualities that you have learned while okay. you are in, okay. the in the house? house yes. yes, sir. So it's important that uh, fathers, we factor this in, that sometime to come our children will leave and go to the outer bigger world. Absolutely. I guess the next chapter, chapter 6, now begins to deal with what I will call the result of desperation. Stomach direction. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, I, I, I always like to, I don't want to get lost in Western world when I write. Okay, so okay. I like to bring my African. <laughs> yeah, because this is something absolutely. that from childhood we've spoken about when absolutely. we are playing football. Playing and <laughs> you know it. You know it, because I feel like, you know, we also have to market what we have. Yes, yes. So, and by the way, I talked about my nephew and I talked about what he's yeah, doing. Yes. It's J-Force. I'm sure. Okay, J-Force. J-Force yeah, yeah, J-Force. Okay, you know, okay, very, okay. for a minute, I couldn't remember yeah, the it name, came, but it, it came, came like to me. like you said, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, stomach direction is when you go wherever the direction of your stomach <laughs> is leading. You know, if your stomach is pointing south, you go south because you're hungry. And <laughs> I see your producer is laughing. <laughs> I don't know why, but is there a joke you? That no, I don't no, know. I mean, stomach direction. When you <laughs> right. say that in Ghana, uh, everybody uh, who grew yes, up indeed. at a certain yes, you know indeed. age bracket knows yes, what we're indeed. talking about. Yes, you're playing football. This is the post part yes. because because you're. You just shoot. Yeah. So hunger can drive you towards a certain direction that you're not supposed to be going towards. Mm. Now, on that, you have the success story, uh, the Beth Wright for good, for food, sorry. Mm -hmm. Beth Wright for food. Can you elaborate on the success story and then Beth Wright for food, if you can tell us about it, Absolutely. The the success story deals with Jesus because he dealt with hunger himself just like the prodigal son dealt okay, with okay, hunger okay yeah and jesus when he was hungry after 40 days the bible said that satan came and he tempted mm. him he said if you are the son of god turn stones to bread and eat you know but jesus passed the test mm, so that's yeah. the success story because okay. jesus was able to control that mm. however there are two brothers who you know uh, 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 an older brother esau who yeah. faced hunger but because he was not able to overcome he sold his birthright because of stomach direction, mm. because he was hungry. I mean, it's amazing what hunger would do. Hungry for success, hungry for fame, hungry for all these different things. It can drive you to nuts. It could drive you to do some crazy things, mm. you know. Mm. So stomach direction, I mean, that's practically, yeah, that's, that's what, practically is, what yes, sir. is talking about. Mm. And uh, you gave an admonition here. Now, what's the father supposed to do in order to uh, save the children or the millennials, like you right. put from falling prey to stomach direction? Okay. I mean, ab- admon- um, uh, how you call it? Uh, right. Uh, yes, yeah, st- right. I mean, b- birthright for food. As a father, you provide. You don't just provide food because I know some fathers who would provide, you know, material things Mm. and they would walk away 
and they throw money at problems. Mm, okay. Their child want a okay. tennis shoe, you okay. just provide. Okay. They, they okay. want this, you provide. But you need to be there emotionally. You need to be there to support your child. That's just an additional, you know, point that I wanted to make. But as far as stomach direction, as a father or as fathers, we are duty bound to provide for our kids. Mm. Not only emotions or emotionally, spiritually, but also financial. I mean, uh, uh, material wise. Okay. You know, if you are not there as a father to provide for your kids, if you're not there as a father to to, to do what you have to do if mm. it means you have to work two jobs if it means you have to you know do something extra yeah one of your key duties as a father is to provide okay emotional support physical needs yeah. spiritual needs all of that so a true father will provide mm. a true father will provide well dear listener your dial is still on 97.3 city from the program Bible Answer Man with Reverend Fred McDavis. We are blessed and honored to have Bishop Joe Quapon, and we are having a wonderful discussion on the book he's written, The Father Factor, the key the world forgot about. We entirely forgot about. Let me also let you know that uh, Bishop Joe Quapon have written other books, and I will uh, tell you about it before we leave here. But as we go on, you can still bring, come through with your WhatsApp comments via, um, I mean, your comments via WhatsApp line 054-998-6996. Okay, let's go on to the chapter seven, and then. We will come to some of the comments that have come. They started trickling in. So, dear listener, please let your comments keep coming. Chapter 7. Is the system broken? Is there hope? That's... Now, that chapter right there <laughs> is probably my heart in all of this. Mm, please pour it. When I talk about the system being broken, I'm talking about a young man, a millennial, who leaves home with wealth. Mm. He spends the money, although carelessly, he has poured into the economy, right? He's poured into the economy. I'm okay. sorry, I know you're trying no, to catch okay. Yes, okay. because if I came into a place, mm. like I traveled and came, yeah. whatever I have, I spend, it goes into the economy. Okay. I, yeah. I put it back in the economy. Uh, there is statistics about how much money people outside of Ghana, yeah, or the United Kingdom, and all that, and it's a chunk, system, it's a yeah. big yes, into the system. But when you put into the system, what do you get out of the out system? Out of it, okay. You okay. put in the system, what do you get out of the system? Mm. So, is a system broken? You best believe the system is broken. To some degree, the system is broken. I know people who have worked hard hoping to retire and to depend on social security which probably is non-existent mm. you know but <laughs> even in the western world is 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 happening people are losing their 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 uh, uh savings investments okay. okay and it's not far away from oh, here <laughs> okay you know, it's quite a sensitive mm. subject but i ask is the system broken does the system disappoint you when you have put in so much into the system are you able to draw that same, you know, level out of it? Or is the system broken? And my answer to that is don't depend 
on a system. Okay. Don't, and the reason I say that is, you know, we have in, in, in the U.S., we have what you call the welfare system. Okay. Where people who work, you know, their income is subsidized by the government. It can be a good thing to help you build and get off the ground. I know many people who are into food stamps. Food stamps, you know, the government helping to supplement okay, okay. your income and all of that. But you cannot depend on that lifestyle. Mm, mm. You have to find a way to make an investment where you get a return on your investment. I mean, that's how best I okay, can put it. Now. I hope put it now because the scripture you used here was when after these millennial uh, second son had put in all into the system he found in the far country. Mm. When he was in need, no one gave anything back to him. Absolutely. Well, I'd like us to now go and then uh, look at the comments that have come through. Uh, we have this. For the first time in my life and at the age of over... Okay, you didn't mention it. I have ahead my brother, Bishop... Uh, trip, uh, strip the truth bare. Uh, God richly bless you. How can I get a copy of the book? Stay tuned. Uh, my producer will let me know how we get that to you. Good evening, Rev. Please, how much is the book from Agabuz in Cape Coast? Okay, Agabuz in Cape Coast. Okay, and this is Uncle Ben in Macarthur Hill. Good evening, man of God. Uh, a good father should do well to exhibit some of the qualities of us when the trinity spoke in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 we fathers should have the ability which first and foremost helps us to rule the waters such as a father should be vigilant to focus three uh, time conscious four orderliness five neat six protective seven duty consciousness and above all eight prayerful. Abraham proved to God that he possessed some of these virtues and qualities for him to become God's friend. Would you like to comment on that, Bishop? I think he said it all. <laughs> so kudos to... Thank you. Yes. So as we go on, dear listeners, you will be able to know where you can get a copy of the book. Now, um, Bishop, let's go on to the eighth chapter now you quote in verse 17 a when he became when he came to his senses and the title is self-realization how does a father uh, allow their children to become self-real i mean attain self-realization right now i'm going to go back a little bit and say this that when the son asked when he insisted on leaving home mm. The father, I'm sure, although the, the, the text does not say that, but if you try to read between the lines or try to imagine, go beyond you know, what's written, I can imagine being a father and my son insisting on leaving home and all mm. of that. At some point, it's okay to let the kids go. Okay. It's okay to let them go. At because a certain point. At a certain point. So do, do you have to try and then impress on them to stay, if need be? But then in the discourse, it will get to Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know, because you, truth be told, at some point, they're going to leave. Yes. Yeah, you I, know, mean, I mean, you're yes, not going to yes. have your kids with <laughs> you all the time. Yeah. But sometimes you want to delay, the, you know, leaving the home as much as you can because mm. we all love our kids. We want them to hang around us. But 
when you come to the point where the kids have left and we're talking about uh, chapter 7 am i right no, chapter 8 chapter 8 self realization okay. self realization when he came to his when he senses. came to his senses um the question i have is the whole time before the child came to his senses where was his senses mm, mm, mm. you know i quote uh uh uh, uh what is it? I think the laws of um, who is it where it says you cannot, anything remains in motion until external force is applied to it. That's physics. I, I, That's I physics. wasn't good at okay, it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I put a little bit of that in there. Newton's law of motion. Okay. Third, okay. I think it's the third. Newton's third law of motion. Okay. Basically, here's what I'm saying. If this bottle here remains here, Without any force applied to it, it'll stay where it's at. Okay. Unless something acts upon it. The scripture says the guy came to himself. Mm. Something must have happened for the child to come to a certain realization that, you know what? All of this is wrong. All of this thing is not right. Mm. And I speculate, and I use the word speculate, that possibly the father was praying for his son. Okay. The father must have been interceding. Now... If I look at my life, there was a time in my life where I hang with the kids. I mean, with friends. Kids will always be kids. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I can tell you, I had a praying mother. Amen. She was always praying. She said, Lord, take my child. arrest my child. Mm. And so with the child coming to the realization, I say that some force acted upon the child for him to come to that realization mm. that, you know what, I'm doing the wrong thing. So it's important that as parents, both fathers and mothers, we constantly commit our kids to God. Mm. They may be gone from us in the presence, but guess what? Your prayer will touch the kids. And there'll be times when I remember being in school. And by the way, I went to Presek, Amodadia. <laughs> you know, in Ghana, there's only one school. I don't care what anybody says. There's only I see, I see you all laughing. But if you didn't go to Presec, I'm sorry. You well, anyway. there are two schools, Pope John's and there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right about that. You were right about that, Pope John's, because you guys beat us like uh, the last. You see, like, you no, see. it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was some other Cape school. I won't say it? anything. Okay. I rest my case. Okay. So, uh, self-realization. But you see, Bishop, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. We build bonds. We build emotional ties with our children mm -hmm. growing up. And uh, in order to be a father to them, sometimes you have to let them go. How do you handle your emotions? And then just let, as a father, let uh, your son go when you know the dangers. I mean, mm. look at today. Yeah, our investors are yeah. not safe. Right. Our the world, the streets, it's are becoming mm. quite uh, hostile. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. You are absolutely right. It's a tough thing. It's not an easy thing. You know, I remember when I was leaving home. I was probably twenty, twenty one, nineteen. I can't remember, but mm. I was I was that young. Mm. And you know, my mother. She may not remember it, but I remember she saying, uh, you know, my pet name was Daddy. They called okay, me Daddy, you know. Okay, so I said, Daddy, don't, you know, America, you know, mm -hmm. because there was this mo notion that once you step out there, you know, you're going to, you, life would just uh, overrun mm -hmm. you and all of that. It's mm -hmm. not easy. I'll be the first to tell you it's not easy. My oldest daughter is 23. 
Okay, and I'm praying. I told her, I said, I'm coming to Ghana. I'm coming to get you a husband. A husband. <laughs> and she said, Daddy, don't even try. Don't even do that. Well, because dear listeners, if you're <laughs> listening, get ready. There is a wife. I don't know. father is searching for hey. you for the daughter. <laughs> well, your dial is still on 97.3. City FM, the program is Bible Answer Man with Reverend Fred McDavis. Well, as we try and then get to where we can get to before we actually bring an end to the program, there's this part I'd like you to talk to us about. Asking hard questions. Mm. How does that play? I, I was at a church today, uh, the Father's House. Mm. You know, uh, Pastor Joe P. Okay, that's my buddy. That's my blood. That's my that's my road dog. You know, him and his wife both. You know, my wife and I were friends, and I spoke on a subject that kind of plays into it. Mm. You know, whether we're lepers who sat outside of the gate and they asked questions. They said, must we sit here and die? If mm. we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, we're going to die. This young man asked questions. He said, how many hired servants are in my father's house? Why do I sit here and deal with this mess? Mm. Every young person listening to me, you must ask questions. You must ask yourself, am I maximizing my potential? Mm. Am I where God wants me to be? Mm. Can I do more? So this, until this child or this young second son had the realization, mm. self-realization that, you know what, something is wrong. He had a light bulb moment. Mm. He also asked the question, why am I going through all this mess? Hmm. Isn't there a better life out there for me? You know, we grew up in a society where if you ask too many questions, it's like, <laughs> so you don't ask any questions. Hmm. You don't, you dare not say anything. But you can respectfully ask questions. You know, why is this? Why is that? That's the only time we can stumble on some truth. That's the only time we can stumble on some truth if we ask the very hard questions. Mm -hmm. Well, time is, has never been an ally when things are getting interesting and quite enjoyable. But then, uh, before you tell us how to get the book and then we also introduce your other books, I'd like you to just use a minute mm -hmm. to elaborate on what you have captioned here, effective redemptive responses. And among them, um, the father, uh, real father provides, real fathers provide, sorry, and then a father's prophetic pronouncement, and then the power of a father's blessing. If you can just elaborate on one of them, either a father's blessing, or I mean the power of a father's blessing, or real father's pronouncement, and then you tell us in a minute. Yes, sir, in one minute. Well, uh, uh, what can I say? That's the best part for me because this whole thing is about the father factor exactly when the prodigal son went out and when he was returning the father had three things i talk about towards the end of the book is yeah. the fact that the father's posture yes. how his whole attitude the son was mm. the scripture says while his son was a great way off he saw him mm. now i don't think that that seeing is physical just setting okay. your physical eyes on okay. him it has to do with spiritual oversight a true father has spiritual oversight over his children you see that son it says when he came close within a certain proximity he ran and he fell on him and kissed his neck mm. now my father would have torn your behind all this <laughs> foolishness that you've done you've taken my money you spent it and you are out there boy you better get 
but not this father. Mm. You know, when kids do wrong, they know. Yeah, and a father's yeah, response yeah. is not first to condemn. It's not first to, you know, just tear them down. But he said, he ran, mm. he met him, he mm. kissed him. So that was the father's posture. Then you talk about the father's provision. He okay. provided a ring for identity. Mm. We don't have time. So yeah. he provided a robe, you know, uh, for righteousness. Yeah, let's not get the book. How can we get the book, Bishop? Well, that's a good one. I say call you. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Just call here and we'll okay. have call the front line. Yes. Now you can call if you want to have the book call on 0302-224-959 and uh, we'll be able to tell you how to get the book. And uh, you've written another book. Yes. And uh, what's the title, please? The title of the book I have uh, published, and I do have some books in the works, but so far uh, I have published two. Uh, this is The Ultimate Sacrifice. The Ultimate Sacrifice, and I think it deals with worship at the place called there. Yes, Lord. Well, um, Bishop yes, Joe Kwapon, thank you very much for coming through, and we are hoping that this time around it will not be 24 years before you come <laughs> around. Uh, this Amen. is a home, and for us, it's a pleasure yes, to have you. Thank you very much. Well, dear listener, thanks for staying around with us as we take leave of uh, you. The uh, Writer's Project will follow later on. Jojo Bediakum will be coming. Let me say thank you to my producer, Reverend Mauli Chikata, and to Brother Collins here, who has given us studio assistance god bless you all let me also say um good evening to uh, mrs augustina brown and your husband mr dennis brown mama lila you're welcome to ghana god bless you <laughs>